right. So today we are talking to Alex. Hi, Alex. Hello. And we are looking at the 2023, uh, and we sort of take a look at what happened in 2023 and maybe what didn't happen uh, and what will happen in 2024. Um, so we got Closure Conch back after three and a half years. Again, I haven't been there. Uh, but um, how was it? How was like, the, you know, returning of everyone, I guess, to the conch? I think it was great to see everyone. Um, and I guess there is another conch coming. Yeah, it was fantastic to see everybody again. So I was so glad that uh, we were able to make that happen. And um, one of the things that we added in this year was the uh, uh, remote access. Right. And we will definitely keep that for next year. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's really important. Uh, and one thing that I really want to do is make it more engaging for people who are remote, or more friendly for mm -hmm. people who are remote. Um, I think that uh, we have a real opportunity there to, to, you know, bring the community together better. So I'm going to put my my conference planning uh, juices into that. So, right. uh, and we've been working on it. I, we don't know yet when it's going to be, when exactly it's going to be, and where. Um, but we're looking at someplace in fall of '24 um, on the eastern part of. The U.S. probably mm -hmm. in a major airport city. Mm -hmm. um, I think right now probably Miami and D.C. area are probably the two leading contenders. Cool. But, uh, we're still trying to get um, venues to talk to us. <laughs> so it just takes Very a while nice. to get through the whole RFP process. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that was announced at the Concha last year, or this year, uh, was uh, the Datomic uh, that is free. So the on-cloud and on-prem. Um, can you tell us anything about this? I can't tell you much, um, because I'm not on the Datomic team and I don't really mm -hmm. know, have a lot of insight into all that. Um, my general understanding is that I, I would refer you to the release notes, which are, you know, I'm sure poured over with a fine tooth comb, um, mm -hmm. to, to say exactly what they were supposed to say. But, um, okay. I think the general idea is that, uh, uh is that Datomic was, the, the revenue was inconsequential versus having more people use it. And, and uh, so that that's where we decided to put our focus. Right. So, and I think it has right. been really beneficial. Um, I don't really track all that very closely, but my impression right. is that there's a lot of new people trying Datomic and using it. And it is also, uh, we have a pretty, you know, large Datomic team now um, mm -hmm. at, at New Bank and, and they're working very actively on, tons of different uh, performance things and, and uh, features and all that kind of right. stuff. So uh, New Bank right. is really pushing development of Datomic pretty hard these days. So. Right. Yeah, I remember last year uh, when we did this uh, year interview, we had, uh, I think, Jared mm -hmm. from yeah. the Datomic team, and then he answered a couple of those questions. So I guess, um, yeah, I guess maybe I will do another episode uh, yeah. with someone from the Datomic team and ask more detailed questions about anything uh, around this and you know as we're talking about new bank and there was of course one big thing that uh, i guess a lot of people uh well caught cat and i kai i which was uh reach uh, leaving a new bank um so like of course it's very difficult to ask questions like oh what is he doing now or anything like <laughs> this but is there anything you can share with us well rich is a, a man of many interests and uh, mm -hmm. so he has freed up lots of time now for <laughs> exploring all those interests. So 
Um, he is still working very hard, just not on uh, you know new bank stuff. He's working on his own ideas, um, mm-hmm. and and closure. So I, I would say probably on balance, we're actually getting more time with Rich um, to work on closure stuff now than we were pre-retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It is a little uh, that time happens in a little less regular cadence. <laughs> so instead right. of a, a weekly basis, it's a uh, you know. We get a lot for a while, for a bit, and then, then he's off doing his other, doing other things. Mm-hmm. So, right. uh, yeah. As far as I know, he is planning to be around for the conch next year. So, you'll be able to see him and talk to him mm-hmm. yourself. Right. Um, and uh, when it comes to, uh, of course, closure and the development, uh, there was quite a bit of releases of uh, one twelve alpha. Um, there was a very good episode that uh, you did with the Apropo guys. And girls, um, so uh, there was a review, and I think it was very nice because you also shared the screen. So uh, it's of course much easier than in an audio format to talk about certain things. Uh, but could we somehow, like in short, maybe wrap up the one twelve and how would you like describe the major things that are coming? Yeah. Um, so we have released a bunch of stuff in one twelve already, um, mm-hmm. and so we're currently at alpha five, and so I've been working on this release for a while, and I think. Uh, if I had, uh, if I knew how long certain things were going to take and had had more knowledge of uh, interruptions this year, then uh, I probably it would have been good to uh, basically release one twelve after we had done the AdLibs work. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, we didn't know that, so we didn't do that. So <laughs> we're we're gonna, this is going to be a bigger, longer release. Um, mm-hmm. So the things that we have out there already are uh, more efficient drop and partition, uh, in particular for um, sort of index collections and for algorithmic collections, things like range. Um, and that was work we did. Feels like forever ago now. Um, we did some work with uh, var interning that fixed some things we found when we added uh, the abs method in 111. Uh, there was mm-hmm. some uh, some interesting cases that came up there. The, the goal is always that when we add new functions to Closure Core that we don't break existing code, even if they already have, you know, existing functions by that name. And there, we, found some, we found some new cases <laughs> where that wasn't true. So it took a long time to figure out what actually was happening and why and, and uh, to retrench some of that code. Um, but all mm-hmm. for the best, I, we feel much better about where that stuff landed. Uh, and then there was a whole chunk of features related that sort of came out of AdLibs, and that AdLibs cluster came out earlier this year. And so that includes a basis API, which lets you get to the, um, like if you started with the closure CLI, the REPL with the closure CLI, then mm-hmm. it gives you access to sort of the run, what, how the runtime class path was built and what's in it. Um, mm-hmm. A Java process API that um, is, um, sort of a, a new take on the stuff that's in Flutter Java Shell um, and using newer APIs. And um, one of the things that we identified with AdLibs was that what we really wanted to do was call some sort of a tool. Um, we wanted to invoke a function, but we didn't want to take on its class path problems, right? Uh, and so we have formalized that in the external function invocation API. Um, which lets you basically call out to the closure CLI and run a remote function. 
with whatever class path you want. So you don't have to be beholden to putting those things in your own path, class path. Uh, mm -hmm. And then we're using that for ad libs, which is the ability to add a library team dynamically or to sync up your dependencies from a, a modified Depseden file uh, into your current um, runtime without restarting. So um, that is something that we've been <laughs> tinkering with now for three or four years. So mm -hmm. it was very nice to, to get that out there. And it's, it's uh, worked pretty well. Uh, and then we just recently did some work for um, to sort of respond to the release of Java 21 with uh, the new virtual thread support. Mm -hmm. um, because there are some cases where um, running arbitrary user card under a lock could pin the virtual thread. So we did some changes in lazy seeking delay to sort of mitigate that. Um, mm -hmm. And that may actually, that problem may actually be solved by the JVM eventually, <laughs> but not okay. sure how, how long it'll be before that happens. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's stuff that's already all out there. And then sort of the other half of it <laughs> is stuff that's all yeah. coming. And all of that work is kind of at the 95% level. And we're just kind of trying to get through the final round of reviews and clean up and Sometimes, sometimes as you do that, you find things that you go mm -hmm. back and look at again. Right. So that just happened right, this right, morning. Right. <laughs> we were looking at some, some things. Um, so we did a bunch of stuff related to streams. Uh, we've added mm -hmm. a bunch of new, we're going to be adding a bunch of new functions that allow you to basically take Java streams and convert them into seeks or reduce or transduce or use into over mm -hmm. them. Um, right. So that's kind of giving us a lot of, um, a lot of good glue there into existing stream APIs. Um, we've uh, implemented Splitterator for persistent vector. Um, but basically all Java collections, which includes all closure collections, um, have a default way to get a Splitterator. And a Splitterator is a thing they added in Java 8 that's sort of an iterator that you can split in half so that you can do it in parallel. So mm -hmm. there's all that all the work for how to do that and then how to reassemble the results is all built into um, into Java in the fork join framework. And mm -hmm. so um, we were just getting the default one, which did not really take advantage of all of the, like the fact that persistent vector is an immutable, it, you know, indexed collection. So it's like mm -hmm. ideal for this work. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, so we implemented a, a sort of a smarter splitterator for that, which means you can, you can actually pull a parallel stream off vector and then do work on it. And it's, uh, it's really fast. So, uh, that's an interesting new capability. I'm not sure where that will lead, but that's a, it's an opening. Um, and similar things could be done with, um, with maps. And so I, and, and, uh, primitive maps too, which, which I think are, are primitive vectors, which are particularly mm -hmm. interesting. Because uh, it opens up some new primitive-only pathways, so those are future things to explore. We're not going to take those on now. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, Focus has been working now for like a year and a half, probably, on uh, what we're calling methods as values, um, and that has spawned a bunch of sort of side quests as we work through things. But the basic idea is that right now. Um, Java methods can be invoked 
so you can put them in the sort of function position and invoke them, mm -hmm. but you can't just use them as a value themselves. So uh, that's what this feature is. It basically lets you take um, mm -hmm. a Java method, static instance method, constructor, all of those, um, and refer to them and then use them as uh, closure functions. So you can just pass them around and mm -hmm. you can let bind one and use it. You can, you know, take it as an argument, take a method as an argument, and then invoke it. Um, and I think it will be basically any time where you're creating an anonymous function just to call dot foo or you know class slash foo or whatever. Um, those are opportunities now to use the new method value syntax, and it will clean up your code. And it's kind of like this thing that people have been asking for since like closure one like. How do I map mm -hmm. a Java static method over a collection? And so you can you'll be able to do that now. So uh, cool. it's a long time thing, and I, I think it is really uh, uh, where we've got to it. It feels really good, um, mm -hmm. and that sort of spawned a bunch of these side things. One is um, arg tags, which is a new metadata um, key for describing a symbol as a thing that can be invoked with a particular signature. Uh, mm -hmm. And so you need that because if you're going to use a method as a value, you need to bind it to some specific Java method. So you need to know which one you mean. And there are no args, so you can't use type ints and all that. So you have to have some way to say that. So there's a new metadata tag, a new reader syntax for that, which is a, a caret and a vector. So that's not something that's ever mean, meant anything in the past. And so now that has meaning. Um, mm -hmm. and we're using that for, to tag these sort of instance methods, but we imagine, we've imagined all sorts of other things that might be useful with this. Um, like one of the things that you come up with, with spec is you want to be able to, you know, describe the signature of a, of a higher order function. Um, so immediately this is a syntax for describing signatures of things, of invocable things. So, um, gets you gets you thinking about all sorts of stuff like that. Right. I think there's some other cases. So, right. um, I think it's uh, arc tags became the sort of uh, unsung hero of the of the release as we went on. Uh, it opened see. up lots of things, uh, yeah. and then we've also got a new array class syntax. So, for a long time, specifying Java arrays has meant falling back to the string format <laughs> and using the Java internal class name, which is the L. Right. bracket fully qualified name semicolon this like right. thing that nobody knows what it is or you know it's just mm -hmm. it's terrible so we've got a new syntax for a, sim a symbolic representation of classes uh, mm -hmm. and that will work both as a type and as a value so just like you can say a class name at the REPL and get back the class object we'll be able to do the same with array classes mm -hmm. um, and then qualified instance member symbols is another thing is that Right. Um, that's something we needed in value position, and so we've sort of moved that over and made it work in function position as well. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't have to type in the instance. Right. Uh, so that's a big chunk of features. I think all of those, I'm, they were trying to get them all clean and done and yeah. for Alpha 6, which um, if, if it is possible, dodging enough vacation and getting all the reviews done to get it out before the end right. of the year, I'm trying to do that, but it requires a lot of uh, you know, coordination. Yeah. Right. I, it felt like uh, it's a release that really uh, sort of um, 
looks at the uh, interop and then it really adds a lot of new things uh, since maybe the the release of closure yeah uh, so this is how it felt to me it was like there's a lot of new stuff for interrupts so make your code look more idiomatic if you will yeah yeah and i did not actually mention the stuff that i've been working on for a long time which is uh basically being able to use closure functions as java functional interface instances and that's mm -hmm. uh so we spent a lot of time looking at java functional stuff and decided that this was really the the ideal thing mm -hmm. that you want is to be able to take a closure function and pass it into something that takes a Java util function predicate uh, and have it automatically just do the right thing. So mm -hmm. that's uh, that will probably come in the next alpha after. Um, it's kind of dependent on, it changes all of the same code that the methods as value stuff does. So uh, we've decided not to try to entangle them in one release. <laughs> so I will build right. a better patch once that stuff is in. Right. I think the big thing that we slipped, which the other big interop feature, which I'm still hoping to get to, is uh, better support for var args. Mm -hmm. um, and var args is a, has always been an awkward thing. Um, we are sort of partially improving it <laughs> one way mm -hmm. through a couple of the things that came out of methods as values. And one is the new array class syntax. It's just much easier to specify. And then you can use the arg tags metadata also to choose overloads. And I think both of those are actually a lot more concise. Mm -hmm. um, so it fixes, um, I think, the worst part of VARARG's invocation. Uh, the second worst part <laughs> is that you can't is that you have to include an empty typed array at the place where you have a VARARGS, even if you don't have mm -hmm. any elements to pass. And so that I sort see. of alighted argument case is one that I'm still hoping we're able to support in the future at least if not mm -hmm. some way to do the automatic uh, array construction. So that's, yep. a, that's the big question still. Mm -hmm. Future. Cool. Yeah. Uh, right. So one more uh, one more time, shout out to the uh, Apropos podcast, uh, streamcast, uh, where you went through the details, and I will include the link in the show notes. Um, talking about Clojure, there's also quite a bit of releases in Clojure tools. Is there anything specific to talk about there? I don't think so. I don't. I don't have a list of the release notes in front of me for this year. I don't feel like I did as much work on that this year as I have in previous years. Mm -hmm. um, but there are a lot of things that I want to do. Um, so okay. uh, I definitely hope to spend some time um, in twenty four uh, working on some of the usability issues about in the CLI and making it a little friendlier and. Uh, a little easier to approach for, for for new developers and things like mm -hmm. that. So there's a lot of great ideas out there. I'm hoping to sort of uh, take those and mm -hmm. give them the good, give them the old uh, treatment and uh, get them into a release at some yeah. point this year. Right. And talking about the future and uh, the JVM, of course, we mentioned the virtual threats. Um, how do you think this will impact the future of Clojure? Um, I think it's really interesting. I think the, the work they're doing there is is definitely going to be very impactful for people who make you know large, the, the sort of a building a web service and responding to requests. Like that kind of use case, if, if all of the, if all of the things in that stack can really be, um, can, can really get the maximum advantage out of 
uh, out of virtual threads and out of some of the newer networking socket things they've built. Um, I think that has the closure has the potential to just get a free ride here and mm -hmm. get all the benefits that Java is getting uh, in building those kinds of services, which is what most people build, right? They build these web mm -hmm. services yeah. that, um, you know, are responding to requests and all that stuff. So that's one of the reasons we thought it was important to uh, make sure that, you know, the lazy CP delay things weren't in the way, at least. Um, mm -hmm. And then I, I think definitely it will have impacts on Core Async. And we've spent a lot of time looking at that already, um, but kind of trying not to get distracted by it <laughs> so we can get mm -hmm. 112 out the door. I see, um, yeah. But I, I definitely think that we will uh, be building some kind of Core Async-like thing um, that leverages um, the changes in there. And like the big thing that we would like to do is to throw away the analyzer. <laughs> so the big go macro yeah. analyzer, because it's really, that is the job that we're, um, that we no longer need to do really. Um, mm -hmm. And I, we think we can retain the bulk of the current API, um, but just change some of the underpinnings of it um, so that we leverage the sort of the park and unpark semantics mm -hmm. of virtual threads more directly. Yep. Um, the big question then is, what do we do is from a dependency point of view? So um, I, maybe it becomes a new library with you know, a dependency, like if you want to use virtual <laughs> threads, then <laughs> you need to use you know, CoreySync 2 or whatever it's called. So, right. um, in some ways, the packaging and release mechanics of it are actually as hard as the <laughs> as hard as the actual code changes, which we've already prototyped to some degree. So, okay, but yeah, I definitely uh, so think we'll see more in twenty four for that. Mm -hmm. Right. So this was a question from Ed uh, from Slack, and he has also a follow up. Um, is the new rate of change in uh, on the JVM causing more headaches than it's worth? Uh, it's a good question. I would say when they're adding things, no, um, add mm -hmm. more things. That's fine. <laughs> we like yeah. additive change. We're big fans yeah. of that. Um, so uh, that I don't, I don't mind so much. Um, it, you know, we have always been, uh, you know, Closure has always been a conservative JVM project. So <laughs> we are often supporting, you know, multiple, you know, standard or long-term support mm -hmm. releases back. Um, we will continue to support Java eight and the, and Closure 112. Um, our intention is that that's actually the last uh, version of Closure that will um, that will depend on Java 8, and we're uh, expecting to move uh, the minimum Java version to 11 in the mm -hmm. weeks after that. Um, okay. It, so we'll we'll have some more language out about that when we do the release for um, for 112 and. I've already had some people, you know, push back on that a little bit, which is fine. I would, I'd rather have people, you know, yell at us and see how how much this impacts people um, now <laughs> than later. Mm -hmm. So that's fine. Right. If you have feedback about that, I'm happy to hear. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, there are some benefits to that. So the, um, there are there are obvious reasons of just maintaining old stuff like that's it's more difficult to maintain old stuff. Like at some point your tools start to fight against you. Right. And so 
we're not quite at that point, but we're close. Um, and then um, there are some new JVM features in Java 11, uh, new to Java 11, like uh, constant dynamic that are uh, potentially very interesting for certain um, things inside Clojure. So mm -hmm. constant dynamic lets you, that the JVM classes have a, have a, have the ability to find constants in the constant pool. Uh, but the set of things, the types of those things is very limited and probably mm -hmm. more limited than you would expect. <laughs> There's like certain okay. primitive types you can't put it there and and certain weird class, things like class that you can. Um, and uh, what constant dynamic does is basically let you make uh, any kind of type you want in the constant pool and then you provide a bootstrap method that knows how to make that thing. So mm -hmm. there are some cases like uh, the sorted collections um, actually get saved off as like strings that on read get evaluated to rebuild certain kinds of <laughs> internal types, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, that's pretty gross. And we could actually, I think, avoid that completely if we use constant dynamic. So mm -hmm. that's interesting. And there's, I think there's several other things like that that we could probably leverage to clean things up uh, or make things mm -hmm. faster. So uh, maybe var loading, I don't know. It's hard to say. So right. mm -hmm. um, interested to get access to those things. So that would be a reason to move forward is that, you know, a, a positive reason to move forward is to get access to new tools that let us do more right. interesting and faster things. So. So that's all fine. So go back to the original question. I don't care about additive change. I don't like change, change, change for the sake of change and change where stuff stops working or goes away. Um, right. There has been some of that. <laughs> so those are frustrating. Um, so like these changes in lazy seek and delay for virtual threads are really because they did not expend, extend the, the parking and unparking behavior to synchronized object monitors and, and my understanding mm -hmm. is that it's hard and that's why it's not done yet. Um, yeah. but, uh, which I get, <laughs> but it's very frustrating to have to rewrite your code that has been working since, you know, Java one, uh, and, and, uh, mm -hmm. change the way it's written. And there's real, there's real trade-offs. Like if you like the, the general advice is to you know, switch from using synchronized to using reentry locks, which is fine. Um, except that you, there's a new object. So you have to create that object and just, you know, and garbage collect that object. So it's not free to mm -hmm. make that switch. So you have to really be careful right. with it. So. Right. Um, right. And when it comes to releases, you know, I think the, um, the create the creators of uh, Java they mentioned that you know uh, since they have such a uh, the releases are so often it doesn't really matter when the things come in which I think it's a good thing. Uh, do you think there will be any change in terms of how closure is released? I would like to. I mean, we, it's something we do talk about periodically, and and we often end up with the conclusion that yes, we should release smaller things more often, and then we don't. So <laughs> it's so easy to like, it's so easy to say like, oh, well, this, this is the thing that we really wanted to get into this release and it's not done yet. So we really need to wait mm -hmm. for this thing. So, mm -hmm. um, but, uh, I think, yes, it would be great to release more frequently and release smaller things. That would be ideal. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, it's having the, uh, the plan and the commitment to actually do that. Um, I see. 
I'm very. I'm hoping that the release after one twelve is that we do a smaller release, and it could be, it could even be a no feature release, maybe like a you know, bug fix package that would be a one twelve mm-hmm. one or something like that, um, yeah. and just be a you know a few months long or something like that it would be fine by me. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sure, yeah. Um. Another question from uh, this is from Ben Sless. Uh, he's asking for plans for one, three, five years. Is there anything like this? Do you have this kind of like I don't know, long term, short term, mid term roadmap for anything in closure? Not really. Um, so like the way we, th- I mean, we just don't plan that way for closure. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we mostly think that closure is is a sufficiently good language now. So it's not like <laughs> it's not like like it, there's a there's a, a bunch of missing stuff and we need to like a, build a plan to make it. So we really feel like what's there is a good language. It's as Rich mm-hmm. has said, which is a small language and shall remain. So, so yeah. I think we're, we expect work to happen. Uh, there's lots of work that I think will happen outside of closure core itself. So whether it's in the closure CLI and the tooling aspects mm-hmm. or, uh, something like the Morse tool that we released this year, which was sort of, a updated version of um, Rebel. So I think those are both areas that we're interested in. And mm-hmm. then I think what we're going to do in Clojure is going to largely be the same kinds of things we've been doing, which is make interop better so it's a better host language. Make performance right. better so it's faster. Everybody likes that, right? right? right. Make mm-hmm. you know usability things better. So um, those all are kind of similar sorts of buckets. Um, mm-hmm. I'm had to fix the, the to work on the bar args thing. I'd like I spent a lot of time working on it and we ended up deciding not to work not to do it, but um, I that's something that I'm interested in closing the door on. Uh, mm-hmm. and then spec I think is another thing that's uh, you know kind of outside of core. It's kind of mostly outside of core. Um, yeah. And we haven't really been working on that um, for the last few years. So um, I would like to have a plan to get spec to, I would like to either decide we're not going to do it at all or yeah. uh, bring it to fruition. Um, we didn't really try to do that this year, but uh, it's something that as we sort of move to the end of closure 112, we'll sit down and really think hard about what's in the sort of the next bucket of things. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, there's some ideas that didn't pan out uh, in spec to, but there's also a lot of good work there. And so I, I'm, I would like to find some middle path that is uh, some way that polishes the work that's there. Because a lot of what's there is buggy and there's you know, some unfinished corners of it. Um, mm-hmm. And not really try to take on too much more in terms of features and right. get it to a release point and integration point, which is in itself is going to be challenging. Um, because the, you know, it's not purely additive. It really does change some of the semantics of things, um, right? Internally, but but for the good, I think it solves a lot of real problems mm-hmm. in spec one. So, right. um, but it's so I yeah. don't have a plan yet for that, but I would like to have. Okay. One. <laughs> yeah, of course. That was a, that would be a strange podcast if you were on the podcast and we are not talking about spec, uh, because this was also one question from the audience. Uh, so Steph and Ray asked about spec too, and the other 
of course, question that comes up always is error messages. So is there anything specific uh, that you're thinking about in terms of errors, error messages, or anything that you're still planning to change? Well, I've been encouraged this year that some of the tools have, have made some progress towards actually leveraging the work we did three mm -hmm. years ago. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a positive development. Um, I think there are real inherent challenges in trying to do what people imagine um, they would like. It's right. Um, so, which is not to say that it's a, a hopeless job. <laughs> I, think, I yeah. think there are things, I think there's like lots, I still think there's lots of low hanging fruit. I mean, we're catching a few of them in this one, in one twelve, but mm -hmm. um, I think there's some low hanging fruit if things have changed, but I'm not sure that's really going to move the needle on people's experience, really. Mm -hmm. um, I think um, it's underappreciated how much macros make it difficult to trace errors. Like when the errors are coming from code that you didn't write, it's uh, it's challenging to uh, tell to to trace back to what the user did. You know, they might have mm -hmm. some code they wrote that called a macro, that called a macro, that called a macro, and that macro, you know, has a bug in it or, you know, right. ha expect something to be a particular type and it's not or something like that. And, like, you may not, you, know, you don't you don't have the code the user wrote at that time. Um, right. So it is, um, that is just an inherently challenging problem. Um, I know that Rich is not particularly, like, but what people want, I think, is, like, show me my line of code and put some squiggles under the part that's wrong or whatever. Um, right. I, I don't think Rich is really excited about that sort of experience. And, mm -hmm. and it's very hard. <laughs> so when you consider the, the fullness of the problem, it's, it's very easy for cases like I'm invoking a function and the thing you're passing is the wrong kind of thing, you know, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. But I think we have, uh, really great support for that now and some of the linters that are out like Condo. Um, so right. I think the interesting question is really what can we do in core that either makes that more amenable or really um, gets to some of those challenging situations where the feedback you get is uh, not useful. So mm -hmm. um, I think there's lots of opportunity there. It's just a matter of uh, deciding what's what's worth working on and right. and all that. So mm -hmm. right. I don't have so any this was... big mm -hmm. plan or specific thing to tell you about. For that. Yeah. Right. So this was uh, one question from uh, Flowthink. Um, and another one he had is, is there a specific aspect of closure you personally find interesting or motivating to work on or improve? Good question. I I am always bothered by the sort of primitive object disconnect. It's sort of, mm -hmm. and, it, and it's some degree, it's not our fault. <laughs> it's a, it's the original sin of Java that that yeah. you know it was necessary, but um, but difficult to make you know object references different from primitive values. And I follow the Project Valhalla working group really closely. Mm -hmm. um, who are working on this sort of thing in Java. Uh, I think they've had a really 
excellent year from a design perspective and are um, kind of um, found new ways to think about things that mm -hmm. uh, made it both simpler and uh, more integrated into things they already had in the, inside the, you know, implementation. So mm -hmm. um, that I think generally my impression is that people feel like they're on the right track. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and, but it's a long road for that project, which is very much in the sort of, you know, experimentation and design sort of phase to get to a place that's, you know, done and then yeah. get released in a thing and then be in a long-term service, you know, long-term support release. Um, you know, that's a, at least the next one, <laughs> you know, opportunistically, yeah. maybe the next one, but maybe not even that one. So it's a long way away. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm always interested in ways that we can uh, think about, uh, like when people write sort of the na naive closure programs for math stuff, um, often they perform poorly because, you know, as a naive program or a beginning closure programmer, you don't understand the differences between uh, box objects and primitive objects. And um, there are ways in closure to leverage those things, but it's not the most obvious way and it's not always apparent what's happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so um, that's one of the reasons I'm interested in some of the stream stuff. It's kind of a backdoor way into um, potentially getting primitive values out of collections mm -hmm. um, and then being able to, you know, map and do functional things to those. Um, so that, there's some interesting pathways there, I think. Mm -hmm. um, really, I think we would want to have everything sort of has to be boxed because we go through these iPhone you know, interfaces with that, you know, translate everything to objects. So they're <laughs> just sort right. of auto boxing for you under the hood. Um, so it's really a matter of trying to figure out how not to do that. Um, so in a way that's transparent to people. Mm -hmm. um, right. Uh, so maybe moving uh, or like leaving maybe the closure itself a bit on the side. Um, what about like the community? Were, were there any things that like pop up in the last year that you felt like, oh, this was really cool? I'm sure there was really a lot of those. Uh, but is there anything that like immediately come to your mind when I say that? Yeah, I mean, there's there's uh, a bunch of very dedicated people who have taken on this, this, this sort of role of being an ambassador for people joining the community and, and with the Closure Council, now the Closure Camp, I think they did some fantastic work um, mm -hmm. and have regrouped and are sort of re-emerging now uh, with new plans mm -hmm. and new ideas. And uh, all of the people involved there uh, have done, uh, have spent a lot of time um, of their own personal time really trying to uh, develop things and, and make things more accommodating uh, mm -hmm. for new culture developers. And so I think that's really exciting. I think... Um, there's a group of people that are working towards um, trying to have a better message for um, high-level technical and business audiences to understand mm -hmm. what closure is and why it's valuable and why it's useful to your organization. And so there's been a, a great group of people working on that all year that I've attended their groups off and on. And I think that stuff is near 
near release. Um, mm -hmm. so we'll see more from that. I think there's been some um, real high profile companies using Clojure, um, you know, like uh, Nathan Mars's um, stuff and a few other right. things out there that, that hit the mainstream this year. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So it's good to see people, you know, succeeding with Clojure and, and building interesting things in the marketplace. So all of those are real positive signs, um, mm -hmm. and I look forward to uh, working on more things in that area next year. Um, we've been doing a lot of uh, internal conversations lately about um, things we could do, and we're really sort of kind of have this dual focus of like what can we do inside NewBank to, mm -hmm. to help our closure developers there because we have a lot we have over a thousand closure developers um, through a really wide range of experience levels, you know, from mm -hmm. the most senior people in the closure community. Right. <laughs> and on the other end, people who are just, you know, relatively new programmers, relatively inexperienced with either programming or closure. And mm -hmm. so uh, we have, uh, it's both a, it's both very challenging, uh, but also you could say it's a great opportunity to learn how people are using closure, you know, across that mm -hmm. range of skill levels. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're looking at, you know, potentially developing, you know, learning materials. Um, I, I would, anything we do like that, I would really love to have, um, get sort of the dual usage of both internal and external usage on it. And, mm -hmm. um, because, I don't see any, it, it's, it is not, <laughs> it is beneficial to us to have more people learning closure. So um, right. it's a, it's actually, you know, from a business point of view, it's beneficial to us to, uh, for those things to be external materials as well as internal materials. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure yet where that's going to end up, but uh, I think there's some interesting ideas we've got kicking around for that. Um, mm -hmm. I know you do a lot cool. of closure education, so I thank you for that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you right yeah that's very exciting um will there be anything else uh you will feel like it will be worth to mention talk about and i think we've talked about most things i'm definitely looking forward to new conch next year and hopefully maybe yeah. some new ideas of how to make that conference different and better I'm really excited to, in some ways, have less programmed content and more sort of organic content. Mm -hmm. Just because of various constraints, we didn't have a lot of opportunity to do that at the cons this year, and there were definitely people who wanted to do those things. And so mm -hmm. um, I would really like to encourage that and think about how we engage people who are not physically in the room, but have yeah. them be intera interactive in that. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's, um, I've, spent a, I've spent a lot of time thinking about uh, remote conferences and in-person conferences and hybrid conferences. And so uh, I think, uh, I'm hoping that we can come up with some new ideas to, to make that sort of a thing that is uh, enjoyable in both forms um, mm -hmm. and maybe do some different, different things with it. Yeah, cool. Well, I would like to thank you and, of course, all of the Clojure core team that is working on Clojure and pumping out the releases and giving us new features 
for all the work you're doing. And this is, you know, echoing some of the peoples I had to chat with on the Slack. Um, so thank you so much for all, all the work, everything that you're putting up. Um, I think we all appreciate the uh, the effort you put even even in alpha releases uh, that they are not considered, I guess, as in other environments as really alpha. Uh, so thank you so much for all the work. And I guess we can say um, happy holidays. And um, I guess until 24. Yeah, great to talk to you. Happy holidays cool. to everyone and more great closure and 2024.